0: Welcome in the newest edition of the College Football News Podcast. As always, I'm Nick Shepkowski alongside Pete Futek. Coming up, we're previewing the Georgia Bulldogs, one of the top teams in the nation heading into this 2019 season. Later on, we'll talk to Jackson Freiberger from UGAWire.com, get his expertise on this Georgia football team before we make our predictions towards the end of this as well. Pete, what's going on? Georgia Bulldogs, bark, Uh, bark, bark. I, I, I.
1: I am not sure what to make of Georgia. Uh, They're obviously really, really good. Kirby Smart's been recruiting at a, an amazingly high level. They don't have any receivers. God help them if Jake Fromm gets a hangnail or something and it's out for a little bit. I can't tell if I—I I think I might be underestimating just how good they really are. And they could be— Amazing, still finished ten and two, and I could be right on this, but again, I, I'm I'm stalling here because I'm not quite sure exactly what to say about Georgia, other than that they're really good. They're just not Alabama in the SEC.
0: Yeah, you're not Alabama in the SEC, but that doesn't mean you can't be really damn good. Hell, I mean they were they were perhaps an injury to Tua to Tunga Viola last year away from winning the SEC. And playing in the college football, I, I still
1: say they should have been in. I, on a four best team theory, why they took should you be punished for losing to number to one? To the best team in college football, forgetting what happened afterwards, that was that Alabama team at the time was the best team probably in the history of college football to that point, and it took a last minute heroic thing by Jalen Hurts for Georgia to lose that game. I dismiss the the loss to Texas when you we know this about bowl games when you get your heart ripped out like that. It's in Texas obviously really cared not taking anything away from Texas, but I really am, that Georgia team was actually one of the four best teams in the country at the end of last
0: year. Yeah, at least at the end of the regular season, you take Alabama to the max, and you're the only team that up until Clemson played them close whatsoever. Interesting schedule for Georgia this year. Obviously, the SEC East, not the SEC West. But out of conference-wise, it was a classic the last time the two teams met in the 2018 season, or 2017 season, rather. But Notre Dame, the return trip to Georgia, to Athens, in the later weeks of September... That one is one that's getting circled by a lot of people, but I I, I tend to agree. I I
1: am not. I I will. I say they are going. They are going at least seven and zero. Before they deal with Florida. I'm in love with this Florida team this year. I'm picking the Gators to win that game. I know it's early Ooh. on. I know it's but it's not that that really? crazy it's it Florida's, Florida has to replace like entire side
0: of both their lines. They're
1: they're really good. That's secondary. At, at that point, I, I know Georgia's gonna figure out their receiving core by then, but at the immediate moment as we're talking here, you've got a team with no receivers going against a team that's probably got the best secondary in college football. I'm a believer that Felipe Franks is gonna make a, a little bit of a rise up. I could be really, really painfully wrong on that, uh, but at the very least, Georgia is going to get to November. Undefeated, I'm going to say rank number, let's call it three in the country at that point.
0: Yeah, and then it gets to a crazy part of their schedule because when November hits, it's the, uh, we can't call it the world's greatest outdoor cocktail party. I am, party it's a anymore, cocktail party. I, I, I want, nope, I'm taking nope. it back. No, college kids aren't allowed to drink, Pete. I am don't taking it back. Don't you dare say that. People are going to be offended if you refer to the battle with Florida as the world's greatest outdoor cocktail largest party. Out- so, world's or largest, largest. Yeah, outdoor so cocktail. don't call yeah, it the a, world's a, largest outdoor cocktail party. It's a weird November because you've got that.
1: And then you've got a Missouri team with nothing to lose. Assuming that they don't get their bowl eligibility back, that's just going to be one of those teams that just plays ticked off all the time. And Kelly Bryant's going to be quarterbacking them. They're going to be dangerous. They beat Florida at Florida last year. That's a trap game. Then they got to go to Auburn. I'm in love with this Texas A&M team. Oh, I see, I'm aware. I, I seem to be the only person that realizes the Texas A&M is going to be really good at football. And then they're going to beat Georgia Tech, but that's a rivalry game. It's in Atlanta. So at the very least, it's a funky November after a, a relatively easy start.
0: Yeah, funky November, tough November, challenging November. But the expectations for Georgia this year are pretty much college football playoff or bust is what you're looking at, and kind of how this team's going to be evaluated, and how Kirby Smart's going to be evaluated when yeah, you have this it, expectation. It, that, and that's kind of the thing where after they lost the national
1: championship in the you know heart wrenching fashion, it was like ah, they'll be back. They're they're, they're going to get back there. But part of the issue is uh, Florida is really better. Tennessee eventually is not going to be so bad at college football. You still got that big matzo ball at the end there with Alabama. It's still good. And again, Texas A and going to be good. LSU still, still good. good. Auburn still good. So it, it's I don't want to say Georgia missed their chance, and they're certainly right in the window. But yeah, it's hard. It's it's hard life in the SEC sucks. It just it's hard.
0: Yeah, especially with Florida seemingly closing that gap. We'll take a quick pause before bringing in our guest Jackson Freiberger, ugawire.com. Right after our discussion with him, we'll be predicting what's going to happen next year or this year in fact for the Georgia Bulldogs. Be sure to subscribe and check out all of the collegefootballnews.com podcasts on the site, iTunes, and wherever you like to download and listen. Also go to Sports. Sportsbookwire.com, that's where Fuse going to be cranking up his college football predictions all season long. Florida's beating Georgia. USA Today sports' new Sportsbook Wire sports betting tips, picks, and analysis for the casual and rookie sports better. UgaWire.com is where you find all of his work. He's Jackson Freiberger covering the Georgia Bulldogs like a great warm blanket all fall long. Jackson, thank you for your time. What's happening?
2: Hey, I'm good. How are you?
0: Good. It's The expectations, is it play in the college football playoff? Is it get to the national championship? Is it get to a national championship game and win? What's the expectation level for this to be a success for the 2019 Georgia Bulldogs?
2: No, I think Georgia coming off the Rose Bowl two years ago and losing in the Sugar Bowl last year, everyone thought 2019 was really going to be the year and that we were a little bit ahead of schedule. So I really think this year it's win the national championship and beat Alabama as everyone's goal, and I think anyone, anything less will be a disappointment.
1: Dude, what's the receiving core like? I mean, is the, is the talent there across the board? I know the offensive line's good. Jake Fromm's great. The defense should be strong. Uh, but in this league, if you if the re- with the receiving core being so depleted, what are they going to do?
2: You know, without Nico Hardman, Riley Ridley, and uh, Terry Godwin departing for the draft, and Godwin was a senior, and then Holloman got kicked off the team last Friday, they're looking uh, pretty bare. The cover's a little bit bare. They've got George Pickens and Dominic Blaylock are coming in as five-star freshman wide receivers, but I just don't think they'll have the experience right away. So I think you'll look for the first three games of the season. We have Vanderbilt, Murray State, and Arkansas State to kind of get them to develop and get ready for Notre Dame. And I think that'll be crucial to get them those reps for the bigger games come down the road.
1: All right, so my other big concern... If Jake Fromm is out for any stretch of time, it's, it's, as the season goes on, everyone's going to be talking about Tua and everyone's going to be talking about Trevor Lawrence. But when it comes to the NFL draft next season in 2020, he's probably a top-five overall pick after Tonga Viola on the quarterback pecking order, maybe even ahead of Justin Herbert. His stock is rising through the roof. If he goes down, what does Georgia do? What's the backup situation like, even if we're talking like a game or two?
2: I think right now you'd have to go with the freshman, Duan Mathis. But even he, he had the brain fist yeah, week ago, had surgery so And we haven't seen him play in a real game yet, just G-Day. So I think there's a big question right there for Georgia if Rom goes down. And honestly, I'm not really sure what to think. I think they could rely on the run game depending on who the opponent is for a game or two. But if they get uh, in trouble with someone like Florida or Notre Dame, Texas A&M, you're probably looking like you're in trouble there.
0: Looking at it receiver-wise, the holes that are obviously there, how fair of expectation can you put on the big-time freshmen that are coming in in this class?
2: Oh, I expect to see a lot out of them. You can't expect them to be uh, perfect coming in, but I think they're all going to have big years. They're going to have to step up, and you're going to have to look for someone like a Tyler Simmons to help lead those youngsters in the receiving corps and kind of show them the ropes.
1: The clubs didn't seem to have too many problems with freshman receivers in uh, Alabama. Yeah, and a maybe. freshman quarterback, too, yeah, on top they, they, of that. Yeah, they turned out to be all right at the end of the day. So is I, we were talking about this before, and I, I don't want to be all crazy and say the window is closing or anything like this because the— You said it
0: before. Don't I don't you did, say it now?
1: I, I say, okay, I'll say it to, I'll say it to Mr. Freiburger's face. Uh, is the window—I know you're going to think to say no, but— Kind of closing because, look, as good as Georgia has been, and the recruiting's great, they're not going anywhere, but Florida's good again. Tennessee's it's eventually not going to be awful. You know, Kentucky, at least, has been pesky now. Missouri's going to be annoying. And that's just in the East, not to mention all the teams in the West. So even if you're Georgia, and I, I still contend, and we talked about this before, too, that that was one of the four best teams in the country at the end of last year, that's the SEC's eternal problem. You can be amazing and not win anything. So a long-winded way of saying you said it's a national championship or bust. Is it really that for Georgia at this point?
2: I definitely think so with the fan base we have right now and the 1980 jokes from Florida fans and Tennessee fans right now with their programs kind of down. I think the worst-case scenario Georgia fans probably want to see is another Sugar Bowl but not get blown out like that again to someone like Texas. But realistically, it's make the playoffs, win at least a game, get the championship, and win it. And I don't really think the window's closing with all these recruiting classes coming in, but I do agree that Tennessee's not going to be down forever. Florida's kind of on the come up. Auburn will always be tough in the West and all that.
0: We saw the SEC championship game last year. How close is Georgia to dethroning Alabama in the SEC?
2: Honestly, the last two times they played them, I really thought they could have had them both times. And Should what have. I was quite surprised, I actually picked Clemson to beat Alabama, but I thought they'd beat them by maybe a field goal or a touchdown last minute, nothing like the beatdown they had. So I'm more curious to see, like, is the gap that big between Georgia and Alabama versus Clemson because I think Georgia's right there with Alabama. It's more of a mental aspect. Can you finally just get over the hump and beat them for all 60 minutes?
1: So what's what's missing besides the receivers? As you're looking forward to this season, if you have one trouble spot on this Georgia team, again, take away the receivers, what is it?
2: I'd have to say the entire passing game with the tight ends and the wide receivers. They lost Nauta, and then they lost Luke Ford, to and the wife of the transfer. And they got uh, Brett Seither and a couple other commits, but I just don't, I don't think they have that much experience right now through the air.
1: And then you need Jake Fromm to be Jake Fromm to make everyone a whole, yeah. lot be- a whole lot better. There, but the like you said, the offensive line should be amazing. The running backs, I, I love, love, love Swift. He's a fantastic back. There's a lot of pieces there. But what would happen? Let's let's say I'm right. Let's say they do lose to Florida. Where does the fan base go then? I don't need to go in hypotheticals of several months in advance, but let's do that.
2: Um. Well, they haven't really gotten to Atlanta by losing to the Florida the last couple of seasons. I know a couple of years there they lost to South Carolina and they were still able to rebound and make it after the Gamecocks kind of slipped up. But I really think it's at least get to Atlanta, win the Easter bust. I think the fan base will be uh, not too pleased if that happens, especially with Florida being the biggest rival and that kind of heating up right now with all the Dan Mullen kind of attendance trolling and everything. So you can't lose to Florida. To me, that's the must-win game on the schedule.
0: Where does Georgia kind of compare to, I look at Kirby Smart entering year four of his run at head coach at Georgia, kind of compare it back to the stumbles that Dabo Sweeney had when he started off at Clemson, and then Clemsoning became a thing. Twitter used to make fun of it week in and week out. How are they going to do it? How are they going to blow a game they should win this week? in Georgia... It, it's partly because of how close they have been to being a national championship type of team, but they haven't been able to finish the job. How does this program kind of compare to what Mark, Clemson Mark Rick was, used to call it,
1: finish the drill? That was with Matt Stafford at Kloshev he He's like, we got to finish the drill.
0: That's what they wouldn't do, though. How close are they the, to kind of being that Clemson, or how do they kind of compare to that Clemson team of six or seven years ago that just couldn't get over the hump, and now you've seen what Clemson has become?
2: You know, I think with, uh, that's a good question, with uh, Kirby Smart, the first season was kind of rough. You had your ups and downs, but I think now, while he hasn't gotten over the Alabama hump or won a national championship or anything, they've done a really good job of, late beating their rivals and beating the teams they're supposed to beat, except for maybe one or two slip-ups a year, like you had LSU was this year and Auburn the year before, so I think they're kind of getting away from that, losing those games they're supposed to and kind of clemsoning like that. But they do have to get over the big hump, which is winning the big games. And I think until then, Georgia will always be associated as like the chokers right now. Everyone thinks they're. Choking university
1: and everything. They didn't choke. I, I don't want to say that. That's a little hard. Two touchdown I, lead I, late in the third. I'm not, That's, they it, didn't, it's a great team. I, they they played did against, not but choke the perception, to Alabama. It's Alabama. I get it. I'm not going to s- say they choked to Alabama either time. You That's also a, defend the fake punt. I do defend it's the fake, fake punt. punt
2: in the second and It's six.
1: Justin That's Fields' not. fault. Look down the field. You had a wide open guy. All right, I'm going to get you in trouble here by asking you this question because if being a SEC guy that you are, I'm going to check out your answer. Let Let's say you switch it around. Let's say you put Clemson in the SEC East. Let's say Georgia's in the ACC over the last couple of years. Are we talking about a little switch here in terms of uh, what happens and the fates to both these programs?
2: No, I think Georgia would be able to run the table probably in the ACC. They could always drop a game because it's college football and you never know what will happen week in and week out. But I think they'd go into the ACC championship each year at least and probably reach the playoff. But where I'm not really sure, I've seen this argument a couple times that You know, Clemson might lose three to four games a season in the SEC, and I don't think it'd be that drastic right now. I think Clemson's too good to lose three to four games. I could see him slipping up maybe once, but I don't think the. It's that drastic of a difference. Yeah, and that's
1: the that's the Georgia and the SEC issue. It's not the three to four. It's losing the two. That's been the brilliance of uh, of Auburn. I'm sorry, Alabama under Nick Saban. It's been the brilliance of Clemson under Dabo. Is that they might lose a game, but you don't lose that second one. And that's the yep. thing that just sucks. Is that you, again, you can be amazing in the SEC and go ten and two and exactly. pfft, whatever. You're going to a bowl game.
2: And I think it was Georgia this year, and it was Penn State a couple years ago when they beat Ohio State, were probably like the closest two lost teams to the playoffs. And either of them got in when Penn State was the Big Ten champion, and then this year Georgia just fell short last couple minutes to Alabama.
1: And I will still argue that both of those teams should have been in the college football playoff, but I digress.
0: Jackson Freiberger, UGAWire.com. The expectation that you kind of stated earlier in the fan base, at least with Georgia, is the the run is over. 38 years of misery is over. The expectation is to win a national championship. You think when we get to the second week of January that the, the Georgia Bulldogs will be playing for the for the crown of college football?
2: I'd like to think so. I think they can sneak in. It, it all comes down to Atlanta against Alabama and who's going to win that game. But as long as Georgia goes in undefeated, I definitely think they'll make the playoffs, a one-loss SEC team, the loser of that game. But if they slip up like they did last year and maybe lose to like Texas A&M or Auburn, it all comes down to they have to win that SEC championship.
0: Jackson, appreciate you taking the time. Be following all your work at UGAwire.com. Enjoy the rest of the summer. College football right around the corner. We can't wait. I'm sure you can't wait. Thank you so much. He's our guy at Lead Handicapper at WinnersAndWiners.com. Scott Steen, kind enough to join the College Football News Podcast. Nick Schepkowski and Pete Futek here. Scott, what's happening? What's happening in Athens, Georgia, in Dogland?
3: Well, you know, it's uh, it, it's it's time to put up or shut up uh, down there. We've heard, we've heard a lot of bark, but we haven't had quite enough bite out of these dogs here. They haven't been able to get over that hump that is Alabama.
1: Wow, yeah, it's that's been the one problem. And I, one of the things we've been talking about here is it's crazy about the idea, the thought that I don't want to say a window is closed because they are so good at recruiting, they have so much talent, and they've been so close. The problem, though, being that. They got to do this when the SEC East was down. Florida's going to be a whole lot better. Tennessee's eventually going to be better. Missouri's a pesky team. Uh, Kentucky's not all that bad. And of course, that's just the East. That doesn't even include the West. With the theory that you can be really good and still not win anything in the SEC, and it kind of seems like where Georgia's sort of fitting right now.
3: Yeah, that is absolutely true. You know, they've got the uh, they've got the they've had three top three recruiting classes in a row, and it kind of reminds me. I'm a Kansas City native, and it kind of reminds me. Uh, before the Royals had their World Series run, where we heard about their farm system, we heard about how good these guys were, and at, at some point when they came up, it had to be time to put up or shut up. And I think it's that time right now for Georgia with Jake Fromm. You know, it, it, the question remains: Is he really ready for the nationals for the national stage? You know, he he kind of was in the shadow down there of Tua last year, but he's going to be his own man, and it's going to be an interesting situation to see if he really can step up and deliver like an elite quarterback and play himself. Uh, you know, into that uh, elite draft status. Or, oh, know, I 100. think
1: he's there. Yeah, I, I was, uh, I was on the carpet there when they played Alabama for the national championship. That his stats weren't great, but that guy is a true freshman. He was the coolest guy in the room. He was getting just beaten up, and he was hanging in there against that Alabama D. And he was making play after play just to keep that team alive. And uh, I'm a firm believer that I. He's two is gonna be the number one overall pick. I am a believer that he's gonna be a top five overall pick when all is said and done. He's just got those kind of tools. But that goes to the the question when it comes to how do we look at these teams now in the day and age of the grad transfer in the in the gambling world there's no one behind him. Like, there's certain teams... Okay, Alabama won a national title with Jake Coker. They can be okay with uh, uh, Mac Jones. But, man, if Georgia loses Fromm for any stretch in the middle of the season, there's no Jacob Eason anymore, there's no Justin Field, Dwan Mathis uh, has uh, medical issues, they're in big trouble. And for the handicapper, do you look at Georgia, and, of course, nobody wants to see anybody get hurt, but almost the under might be the play just on the off chance that he has a twisted ankle for two or three games.
3: Yeah, you're absolutely right. It was like, it was like the kid for, uh, for central Florida last year where that was, he was there. He was their whole team. And he has that horrible leg injury uh, during the last.
1: And they got better though, actually after that (laughs) Daryl Mack came in and was all right, but you're right. That that went went jumping off the U S the UCF train at that point.
3: Right. So yeah. And you're absolutely right. I think there's, you know, you, you, then you have to decide about you know what what per, what percentage of the of the play what's what's the overlay on that is he going to be gone for the season is he going to be just out for a couple of games but you know I I think there is a certain value to fading an under like that when you have a team that is so dependent upon one person you know we were talking we were talking off air like you know if, if Alabama if Tua goes down you know they've got they've got the next guy up they've got they've got guys ready to step in they've got five star recruits you got his younger
1: brother ready to step in now
3: right right exactly. Um, but like you said, with with Jake Crom, they've lost all their backups. They, they you know they had some great guys recruited, but you know they they saw the writing was on the wall. They had grad transfers and other transfers, and yeah, Jake Crom, for better or for worse, he is the guy. And if anything happens to him, and that you know, of course, that's a tough conference. I don't know if you guys knew that or not, but um, they <laughs> play uh, they play big boy football down there in the SEC. Yeah, the guys just ask. Just, banged up all the time.
0: Just ask anybody from the Southeast. They'll tell you all about it. What kind of gap is there, Georgia and the rest of the SEC East, Florida specifically?
3: You know, that's going to be interesting to see. Um, I, I, again, Florida, you start you, you hear about what a great class they've had. All these guys are ready to step up. I just can't get past the Florida team that lost to Kentucky last year. Um, again, being from Missouri, show me. Maybe Florida's really good. I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, it's because
1: your Tigers whacked around. You saw that game against the Gators. It's going to be hard to believe after you saw what Drew Locke did to him last year.
3: That's right. That's right. You know, and and I and I was never. I didn't think Drew Locke grew as much as I thought he was going to in his Mizzou career. We played. uh, My son actually played against him in high school. I saw him play a lot, and uh, he wasn't appreciably better his senior year at Mizzou than he was his senior year at Lee Summit.
1: Well, they slowed down the offense a little bit for them, but yeah, that's. I'm a believer in Florida, but when it comes to Georgia, I, I think that this. I I have a hard time trying to figure out what to do with them. I I'm, there's a one side of me that says we're I'm missing it. I am completely missing just how good they really are. Get over my Jake Fromm issues. They're just going to rip through everyone in the East, and they are easily one of the three best teams in college football. And I'm trying to balance that right now with I really like Florida. They could lose that game. They could lose at Auburn. They could lose two or three games. I, I'm I'm going to err on the side of them being really good, but like 10 and two good as opposed to being 12 and 0 good.
3: I think I, th- I think that's right. And you've got some you've got some serious questions uh, as far as who's going to who's going to throw the who's Jake prom is going to throw the ball to. Um, you've got uh, Nicole Hardman who was a second round pick of the Chiefs. Uh, you have got your guy up there, Riley Ridley, that was a fourth round pick for the Bears, and then. Uh, uh, their they're tight end got picked by the uh, Detroit. Uh, Isaac Nada. Uh He was a, he was a late pick for the Lions. So, you know that's that's some uh, that's some real men to catch in the football that you that you've got to replace. I think it's an I think it's another team where you're going to have to uh, really see what happens in the uh, in the early games against their non-con schedule and how uh, Fromm interacts with the new guys to really have a beat on what George is going to do.
0: Scott Steen, lead handicapper at WinnersAndWiners.com. He's spoiling the entire SEC season for you. If you're playing Georgia, make sure you play those unders. Scott, appreciate the time as always. Roll Tide.